High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, clowns, jesters, British people pretending they're American, lawnmower riders. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where we meet some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the party's at my place this evening. But first, school is still in session, and we have some homework to chat about. This was your assignment, and I... Would like to see the results. Come on, you're seniors. You know by now. Your first homework is always, if you haven't done it already, hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. And of course, you can check out our old episodes on cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me, the flagship for all high school slumber party programming. Also, wherever you can, leave a review. Give us a five-star rating. And tell a friend about all the wonderful things that happen here in High School Slumber Party. Especially in the spooky month of October, where we're doing some horror films. Today's film is no exception. Slaughter High, it is a horror film, but it's also a reunion film. And as I've mentioned, this senior year, we are doing some fun stuff. We're doing high school reunion movies. And I don't know. I love when we have synergy between themed episodes, right? Horror, Halloween theme, high school movie, also high school reunion movie. Count me in. We got some great guests for you today. Austin Wolf Southern is here. Big horror guy, you know that. But also, my horror consultant's horror consultant, Dan Cologne, is here. Can't wait to talk to him about Slaughter High. But remember... Doing your homework doesn't just mean watching the movie for today. Doing your homework also means catching up on High School Slumber Party. On Monday, we had an AP episode with my co-host Island Addington, and we chatted something, something called All the Bright Places. It's a Netflix movie. It's a really fun episode, a really... Well, I don't know if it's a fun episode. We had a good time doing it, but it was actually a very heavy episode. That's a better way to put it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The bell doesn't dismiss you. I dismiss you. Come on. It's your senior year. You know that. Anyway, check out that episode in all the bright places. Also, last Friday, we had a Halloween episode as well. Class of Newcomb High. Dan and Autumn Ferrara were on that. It was a blast. Now, we aren't releasing every Monday. We are releasing every Friday, but not every Monday. So if you have a free Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, listen to the old episodes of High School Slumber Party. There have been so many fun ones. Austin and Dan have been on some great episodes. Check those out. 
But enough of that. Let's just get to Slaughter High. Can't wait. Pack your favorite jammies. Tell your mother sleeping at Brian's. Because we're about to get our party on. And let's play an awesome song called April Fools. From the Slaughter High soundtrack. It's the theme to Slaughter High. Class dismissed. Some day on a high school slumber party for a couple of reasons. As you all know, we are in our senior year. We're doing a little bit of a class reunion, uh, not lap, but I don't know, class reunion series. But it's also the spooky month of October, so doing some horror films as well. This combines both those things, and I'm happy to have two people I've had on in the past. So excited to get these two together on high school slumber party. We introduce ourselves by saying our name, high school, graduating class optional, and high school team name, or optional for some. Uh, Austin, why don't you go first and introduce yourself, and then you, Dan. Okay, Austin Balboa, secondary, class of 2000. Uh, We didn't have like a a team. I know I explain this every time, but we didn't have like a real team or a mascot, so I'm just going to change it every time. So our, our mascot was the were kangaroo from the howling three <laughs> and did i say class of 2000 uh i don't know if you did it but whatever we'll put it <laughs> the where whoa whoa I, I need to look this up oh the howling three is so good the how you always these movies your your lists awesome <laughs> are wonderful the howling three uh dan introduce yourself yeah, real quick. Uh, the Howling Three is on my list of movies to watch this month. Funny enough, so and I've never seen it, so I'm really excited now that I know there's a were kangaroo in it. Uh, yeah, full title is The Howling Three: The Marsupials. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so I'm Dan, I'm Dan Cologne, uh, Timber Creek Regional High School, class of 2005. Go Chargers! Chargers, uh, uh, were kangaroos. Love to have you guys on. And today we are talking Slaughter High, which is, again, both a reunion film, a high school film, a horror film. It's it's perfect for us today. But on this uh, little reunion series, we're asking some preliminary questions. So, Dan, you first. These are little time machine questions. Well, the mm-hmm. first one is, if you could go back in time and talk to high school Dan Cologne, what is the one thing that you would tell him advice, anything. Okay. And the caveat is you can't like back to the future and give them like a, an almanac of sports or anything like that. Like you're not in, you know, this is advice. It's not like invest in the stock or something. Right, right, right. Nothing that's going to make me magically wealthy or successful or anything like that. Um, You know, I think that, I mean, this is going to be kind of a lame answer. I think it's not very exciting, but the, the one thing I would tell my younger self 
for sure would be like community college is okay. You know, when I was in, uh, when I was in my senior year, I was really gung ho about, uh, going away to school, like right out of the gate. And, uh, I could have had two years, uh, of community college, uh, for free. And I chose not to do that. And I would say that decision to not do that really, um, it, it, I'm still paying the, uh, for those consequences. So yeah, I think that would be the most pivotal thing I could change, um, overall. Wow, you answered that fast. Oh, I think of, I think about it daily, Brian. <laughs> every, every every month, when when uh, hundreds of dollars gets withdrawn from my checking account, uh, I think you know what? Two years of community college probably would be a good idea. Uh, fair enough. How about you, Austin? What would you say to little Austin if you if you could the high school version of Austin? What advice would you give? I I have no idea. No advice. Maybe you'd bully him. Maybe you'd throw him into a locker. Who knows? God, you gave me extra time to think about it when Dan was answering. That's a good joke answer. Is I'd, I'd tell him to shut the fuck up, and then I'd <laughs> kick him in the stomach. <laughs> I um, I don't know. Maybe uh, this. I mean, this is like too serious. But maybe I would like say. Maybe tell him, oh, I hate this. <laughs> this makes me really <laughs> nervous. Um, if you want to take the rest of the episode to think about it, you can. I wish I I wish I had started stand-up. I would just put that like idea in my head and just be like, this is something you're going to be able to do. Start younger. Ooh, I like that. I like that. So like something you love doing, getting yourself started earlier. That's cool. Yeah, because it didn't even like, crossed my mind that it was something I was capable of until I was uh, whatever age I was, late 20s. And I think if I'd started in my early 20s, I would have, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe you'd have <laughs> your own sitcom on the Peacock right now. Who knows? Maybe I would have my own sitcom on Peacock. <laughs> not, like, <laughs> not like I'd be more successful, but just like it, I don't know, because I kind of, I yeah, I, I don't want to talk. I don't like talking about stand-up. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Second question I'm asking on the reunion lap. Dan, the, the, the tennis ball is back on your side of the court. If, if you had your high school reunion today and everyone showed up, every teacher, every student, everyone, and you can tell one person one thing without consequence, what would you say and who would that person be? All right. Well, this is something I don't think a lot about. Um <laughs> This is like full fantasy because we had my 10 year uh, high school reunion in 2015 and I of a class of like 300 plus students, I think somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 people showed up. So, yeah, uh, I can't even imagine being face to face with all these people. I actively avoid them. uh, Most of them. Um, Yeah, I I, I hate to be really lame here, but I I don't I don't know, maybe because I'm just I don't spend a lot of time holding grudges. Well, it doesn't have to be negative to be um, clear. You could oh, tell okay. a, All a right. teacher thank you or something, you know. Okay, in that case, uh, I would probably hunt down my well, she was an English teacher by day but was also responsible for our after-school theater program as well. And uh I would want to tell her that by giving me that outlet, she really um made one of the more positive impacts of my life, like lasting impacts. You know, I still, to this day, um, seek opportunities to perform when and where I can. 
uh, even though I didn't professionally choose to do like stage work, I still really love performing and, and entertaining. And so in a lot, in a lot of ways, uh, her being there to sort of guide me through high school theater, uh, made a pretty big impact on my life. So I would definitely want to say thank you to her. There you go. Nice and positive, positive message. How about you, Austin? Any, anyone you would say something to? Or I don't know. I, why this stress stresses me out so much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't feel like I, because I didn't have like enemies in high school. I went to a really small school, a private school. So I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm kind of happy with, high school as it was it's also just so distant at this point um i mean i guess there are teachers not that i would want to say like thank you to them i mean they they did a good job yeah i don't know i feel like every i kind of said everything i don't feel like anything was unsaid well well that's great you know that that's a good place to be in life and don't worry guys these are the hardest questions I'll ask you all episode. We're talking Slaughter High today. So it's just going to be all fun from here on out. Don't worry. (laughs) Uh, So Austin, what is your history with Slaughter High? Uh, I saw it a few years ago and I really loved it. And then I couldn't remember anything about it, which is pretty standard for me. (laughs) And so I was happy to revisit it. And I loved it again. Nice. And yeah, that is standard for you on the pod. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How about you, Dan? Uh, Do you have any history with Slaughter High? Yeah, I've seen it once before. I remember uh, walking through the electronics and media section of a Walmart. And I found this like cheap eight pack, like eight horror movies all collected into one box. And I remember buying it for Chopping Mall and... Oh shit! What was the other movie that was in there that I bought it for? I can't remember. But there were there were two in there that I thought uh, it's worth it for these two, and and Slaughter High was among that collection. So at some point, I watched it and I checked my Letterbox score. Apparently, I didn't think too highly of it at the time. But like when I came to rewatch it for the show here, I like really couldn't remember anything about it. I hadn't written a review. I only had a star rating. So I kind of went into it like completely fresh all over again. And like Austin, I found myself uh, really enjoying it. It might have helped that uh, I wasn't entirely sober this time around, <laughs> but um, I mean, it's 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 complete trash. But I f- don't mean that as a as a, a pejorative. You know, I think it's some of the most fun trash that I think I've seen. Um, and I had, a, like I said, I had a lot more fun uh, with this second viewing. Yeah, awesome. it definitely knows is self aware. Yeah, trash. Yeah, and you know what? I don't think I picked up on that the first go round, and like maybe that's why it didn't really resonate. Mm. Yeah, it's very funny. I thought. Yeah, I'd never uh, seen this movie. It was just like on this list of I just googled high school reunion films, and it was on there. So why not? The both of you know that like horror is not my first genre, but I have to say I had a lot of fun watching it today. Uh, so much silliness that I do want to talk about. Every week I read the back of the DVD, VHS, whatever. Found found a little uh, blurb online. So here goes. If you're not if you're out there and you're not familiar with Slaughter High, there's horror in the halls, lynching in the lunchroom, and murder in the metal shop. Welcome to Slaughter High, where the students are dying to get out. In high school, Marty was the kid all the students teased, taunted, and tortured mercilessly. 
One day, things went too far. One of their jokes backfired, disfiguring Marty for life. Now, five years later, Marty has arranged a special reunion for all his high school friends. In quotes. The prom queen, the jock, the class clown, the rebel, and a few select others have been invited. And it's going to be a gala of gore. Woo! Um, it certainly is a gala of gore. I'm glad I didn't read the production notes before I watched this movie. Because I was wondering about the accent thing. I was so confused. Apparently this is a film that was made in London with a like 99% British cast to kind of look like an American film. And they kind of just winged it with the accents. Like, they all sound like they're from a different part of the United States and not well, which I think added so much to the charm. (laughs) Did you guys uh, notice the accent thing? Yeah, some actors more than others didn't sound American at all. Um, I can't, there's one act, I can't even remember who it was, but there was definitely one actress who really still had an accent. Yeah, I I could tell something was up, but I wasn't uh, distracted by it. To the point where I was like actively thinking about it made sense after the fact because I did some some of my own like sort of research just to because just to learn more about this movie before we come here to talk about it. But uh, yeah, I did. I did notice it. Yeah, I'm not saying it as a as a negative. I don't care at all. <laughs> it didn't it didn't bother me. I feel like <laughs> yeah. I, should, I should I should say up front that nothing I'm going to say tonight unless I say it's a negative is a negative. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You clarified that. I was worried that I hadn't clarified. That. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> there was one uh, woman, Donna Yeager. She played Stella, who actually was American, according to IMDb trivia. Uh, she she was in like a theater troupe in London at the time, and she's from Texas. And in the movie, has a thick Texas accent. And a lot of people who watch the movie today think she's also a British person doing a bad Texas accent, but that's, <laughs> that's actually her accent, which I th- found so awesome and charming. The other like production note, which is like super, like a lot darker, is that uh, Simon Scuttlemore, who played Marty uh, Ranson, obviously you know the main good guy, bad guy. I don't know what we want we want to call him. <laughs> committed suicide, or this is what it says: committed suicide by a drug overdose shortly after the production of the film ended. So this is his only film appearance, and um, it was released after his death. Uh, that's kind of why the jester that's what they say that jester mask was incorporated so much because they had to shoot those scenes i don't know if you read but this originally they were going to call it april fools but they realized there was another movie called april fools so they just called it slaughter high but since that dude's a fool that was like the tie-in um yeah but pretty dark when you have your like lead you know killer person Actually dead. Yeah, I, I read somewhere that um, he he died before they completely finished the film, so they had to sort of Evil Dead style fake shemp it and use somebody else in that costume to get the pickups they needed to finish the movie, which you know that always sucks. Yeah, I think it was one of the three directors stepped right. in. Yeah, crazy. You're right. That guy is so good playing Marty. I know. It's a special performance. Like, it's really interesting. And, like, obviously he's playing a nerd, but there's something so different about the way he plays it. And it's really entertaining. So, yeah, it's tragic. Would have loved to have seen him in other stuff. I feel like more than some, he's uh, one of the one of the actors who really knows the sort of movie he's in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
some some kind of feel out of place i thought but he really kind of knows exactly that movie the movie he's in and and really plays it to its full extent i think yeah and it's largely a cast of unknowns and i was wondering i was like oh does this guy appear anywhere else because i'd love to see him in something else but unfortunately we didn't get that uh there was a note too because some people online wrote that like the filming of the movie is what like stressed him out and killed him and his mother has come out and said that that is not the case, that actually like it was one of the better glories of his life, that he just suffered from depression or whatever, but that he enjoyed making the movie so much. So as much as that would add to the aura for some people, that's apparently not the case, FYI. Were there any other actors who stood out to you or you recognized at all? Because I didn't really know anyone from this movie. Carolyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know Carolyn Monroe. She's in Maniac. Yes. And Star Crash. She did some Hammer in the uh, mm-hmm. 70s. A horror film actor? Yeah, well, she, yeah, she started doing like Hammer and like other British sort of genre stuff, sci-fi horror. In the 80s, she, she did some more of that with Maniac and um, uh, this, obviously. But uh, I know her primarily as uh, Naomi from the spy who loved me oh interesting she she's she's the the villains like henchman and she's pretty awesome in that i didn't realize that nice at least one famous person anyone else in here not a lot of people had like clickable wikipedia pages so largely an unknown cast but did anyone did you really really like any of the other characters oh they're barely distinguishable from each other (laughs) Um, which which again i liked right away i was it was kind of like okay there's eight of them like (laughs) this group of eight (laughs) friends and it it's great because that means the body count is going to be high and so it's perfect for a slasher and they don't try too hard to like make them distinguishable characters there are definitely two of the guys who like sometimes they were in the same shot and I was like, wait. <laughs> it's funny. I'm looking at the um like the IMDB page and everybody, almost everybody, except Carolyn Monroe, if they have a photo, is a still from this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I was when I say confused, I don't mean that it mattered, but I was super confused who was who a lot in this movie. But yeah. I mean the the only one I can really remember, I mean, I even made a note about it. Like that I can't remember anybody's name, but I remember Skip because they say his name all the time. And yeah. he is like the most prominent of that group, I think. Yeah, he looks a little different and he's the like jokester guy. So he's right. a little, he's a little goofier. So he stands out a bit. Who are who are we supposed to be rooting for in this movie, right? Like, we get this uh, beginning thing, the high school part, actually. And they're playing this really nasty prank on uh, Marty. One of the girls is seducing him to go into the shower so they could show him naked and then electrocute him. Well, not just show him naked. They've set up at a, a whole film crew. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's crazy when they cut to them and it, like... I don't, I mean, I don't remember if they had like a boom mic, but there's just like, <laughs> it seems like they all have like a job for like filming him naked. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you're right. It's really right. funny. And then they electrocute him, which is crazy. <laughs> this movie has a lot of Home Alone-ness in it, in a sense where, yes, they, it's not good enough that they're going <laughs> to embarrass him that way. But they're electrocuting him, and then eventually it's set up where 
that gym teacher punishes them. Remind me a little bit of Carrie. And to get back at him for that, did they plan on blowing him up or poisoning him? Or like, I, I'm not really sure what was happening here. Yeah, but there was sort of like a chemical setup, if you will. Yeah, I wasn't clear if they were doing something intentionally because they have some powder that they like put in a chemical, but you don't get the impression that these are like good students who are like, oh, I know this is what's going to happen if I put this in this. It seems like they're just fucking around with chemicals (laughs) (laughs) and just, you know, wait to see what happens. (laughs) Oh, so, so I bring it up because all these people are really like nasty bullies and who all gang up on this one kid and then we get our reunion part which you know we can talk about but we have a killer who's out for revenge but i get where he's coming from kind of because they they maimed him and you know possibly ruined his life i I was kind of conflicted of like who's the good guy here I think this is maybe the most cut and dry revenge fantasy I've ever seen. Like, it's not a, there's no doubt in my mind that I'm meant to be rooting for Marty here. This, these characters are so unlikable and everything they do, even as adults, you know, in the, in the present day, they're still scumbags. Uh huh. Yeah. There's no, they're not redeemable at all. Do they deserve uh, the degree to which they are all murdered? Maybe not. I mean, you could possibly argue that, but, but why would you? This is the most over-the-top, ridiculous, uh, gratifying revenge fantasy I've seen in some time. So, yeah, for me, it's not a struggle. Well, I just didn't know if that's okay. Are we allowed to be like, yay, for the murder? Sure. I don't know. I don't know the rules. I would argue that all of the other characters being so sort of uh, one-note and the, the the kills being so elaborate that I think that's the whole point you know i don't think you can really argue it a different way well then i'm all in well and the ending kind of confuses things too or makes it a little more ambiguous well that's true that's true (laughs) so what were some of your favorite moments in the film some of your favorite kills or just i don't know lawnmower gags what did you enjoy about this movie (laughs) i mean that like bubbling gut explosion when you get i guess he drinks like poison beer or something and his stomach just starts expanding and then guts just start like bursting out. I love that shit. See, I did not expect that because I thought this was going to be more of, you know, gadget kills or or saws in people's faces and and things like that. And shame on me because we saw that he is good in a lab. I didn't realize there was going to be poisonings that were going to lead to stomachs exploding you know Mm -hmm. yeah i i really i couldn't decide between like two kills as to which was my favorite uh, because i thought about it before before we started recording and i think i've narrowed it down to either the acid bath or uh the dude getting ripped apart by the tractor i think both of those are pretty solid Mm -hmm. no i mean i I like i like the acid bath because I just like that there's a bathtub in the school. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that and a bed. Yes. Oh, right. 
like like full disclosure i w- was reviewing my notes uh before before this and i realized that like all of my notes are straight confusion as to why there are there's a bed why there's a bathtub what like about all these things that don't make sense and then i realized well the ending sort of nullifies all of this Ugh. so i just sort of threw my notes away <laughs> This Fair thing enough. is, this thing is intentionally nonsensical because it. Uh, well, we'll get to it at the end. I did mm-hmm. like though just the setup here. The fact that they're all, you know, what is it? Twenty years have passed or ten years have passed? I don't remember. I think just ten. Okay, that makes sense. Ten years have passed, and they all think they're coming to town for a reunion. And when we see them show up, like Skip has like this old beetle that doesn't work, and I don't know, like. No one is questioning why, like, they're the only ones back in town for the reunion until they actually get there. And the school's been abandoned. Oh, there's that janitor guy, right? Like, he's still... Sorry, he's not janitor anymore. He's a caretaker now. Um, Their old school, theoretically, has been abandoned. And uh, Marty has just set up, like, booby-trapped the entire place, set up everything for them. But even went out of his way to set up, like, a... Nice little uh, spread for them to wait for their own deaths, <laughs> which I enjoyed. I thought that was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's part of the magic of the film. He doesn't kill them, like, right away by any means. Like, it's, again, it's supposed to be April Fool's Day, and there's some weird British tradition, right? They're like, oh, what did they say? Like, April Fool's Day ends at noon. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, same. <laughs> that was <laughs> That was so confusing before... I, yeah, it sounds like we all read the trivia to find out what it was about. But watching it was just like, did they make that up? Like, what is that? And I was waiting for, like, the final girl to be like, you can't kill me. It's afternoon. And Marty to be like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, so what you're alluding to in the in the um, IMDb trivia, it says that that's like a British thing. And they didn't realize that wasn't an American thing. I wish that wasn't there because I liked living in that world where... That was what you're saying, Austin. It was just like some made up rule. Like, <laughs> you know, they were like, don't, you know, don't fall asleep. If, if we wait till noon, it'll be okay. I'm like, what justifies that? <laughs> <laughs> Even in the world where that's a rule, I love the fact that they're convinced that that's the case. That this madman who's, who's killing people is going to respect that rule. Like, it's just amazing to me. Which was so great that he actually doesn't. Yeah. He does actually kill her afternoon. Exactly. Which was nice to see. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, (laughs) I mean, honestly, I stopped taking notes after a while because I was just having a good time. (laughs) I mean, I I had to force myself to take notes just so I could remember, like, the specific moments that I thought were hilarious. But even then, I think I just lost track at a certain point. Like I said, I wasn't entirely sober for this. <laughs> uh, well, a couple moments I liked is he has set up that like photocopy of him, the like life-size photocopy of himself. <laughs> um, and when the arms come out of that photocopy, I thought that was really clever and really cool. Do you remember what I'm talking about? At, at the end, yeah. Oh, the end. Well, it, happened, yeah. it happens twice. He busts through it entirely at the end. But before that, there's a girl who arrives late and she's wandering around and she just sees this door with like a photo of him and then just his arms pop out of the shoulders. 
Interesting. I don't remember that. Maybe my version didn't have that because that sounds awesome. I was wondering about the late arriving girl. Oh, you know what? It's possible that you watched a different version. I know I watched like the uncut version, which, and I don't know what's really different about the two versions. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I watched the like shitty version on Tubi. <laughs> um, I, I must I must have just missed this part because that part sounds awesome. Like that was really in my notes. I was like, what happened to that gr- that late arriving girl? Because <laughs> was she even in the beginning the late arriving girl? Like I I don't remember. But yeah, now that I know, I'll have to rewatch for that scene. That's pretty cool. That'd be weird if they took it out of the like extended cut or whatever. No, you still don't see what happens to her, but you at least see his arms come out and you assume he he got her, you know. I'm pretty sure I just looked down and took a note and missed it or something. Yeah, it is quick. But I like that. And then another thing I like is Carolyn Monroe, the final girl, is every time she like knocks him down and thinks she wins, she like leaves him a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> so she like hits him with a baseball bat and then drops the baseball bat next to him and then takes off running. <laughs> And then she does it again where he like flies through a window or something and she just like has it's like a javelin and she just like drops it next to him and then <laughs> leaves. She does it twice. It's so weird. Marty! <laughs> How do you want it? I'm glad you brought her up and like her final girl status. Uh, I guess this is kind of like a rehashing of the question at the beginning, but are there a lot of horror films where you find yourself rooting against the final girl? Because this is like a first for me. And that's why I was so perplexed, not necessarily in a bad way. That's a good point that, yeah, that's definitely not normal that you root against the final girl in particular. Yeah. I can't think of another example where that would be the case. Um, There's certainly, I mean, Certainly slasher films and other similar films where I am kind of rooting for the killer, like, but that's more for like a franchise, you know, by the, by the eighth and ninth Friday, the 13th movies, I'm there for Jason Voorhees to see him kill a bunch of people. Right. This is different than that. Yeah. I I can't think of uh, another example where I'm rooting against the final girl. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there are other slashers that are more maybe like revenge based. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm thinking of Sleepaway Camp in particular, where it's like, I'm definitely rooting for Angela, but there's not, it doesn't have that slasher formula of like one person left that you want to see make it, you know, it's a different kind of deal, but this follows the slasher formula, but then also strays from it in the way that you're saying. Yeah. It's so fascinating in that way. Mm. I thought that was like super cool. Any, any other uh, scenes or moments that you really want to get into before we talk about this crazy ending? Oh, I mean, I don't even know where I would start, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally every scene in this movie has something insane happen in it. I almost feel like if we were to, like, discuss everything, it would ruin something for someone seeing it for the first time. Uh, but I do want to say that um, this is sort of more more production, but... I loved that Harry Manfredini did the music for this. I think I read somewhere that it was like repurposed Friday the 13th music, which I couldn't confirm, 
But either way, I really love Harry Manfredini and his work with um, on Friday the 13th and other things. So I was happy to see him here. That's pretty cool. And that that song, the theme song, you know, mm-hmm. we can bring up and it definitely won't ruin it <laughs> if you haven't heard it because it's amazing. Yes, it is. It's so good. And yeah, so that was that was actually my first note was the best soundtrack ever. It's <laughs> just that that song that plays, you know, it plays throughout. But yeah, every time it just delighted me so much. It's so good. So I don't want to ruin every kill, but uh, the one I wrote down and we already talked about the bed being in school, but like the like, ha- I don't know their names, but they have sex <laughs> on the bed and get electrocuted. Yeah. Talk dirty, Frank. Oh, Talk fuck. dirty. Um, tips. Dirty, dirty. Um. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Stella must have really needed that. I, I don't know. It was a very European sex scene to me, you know. We, I think we saw the guy's ass for a little bit. Like, that's... <laughs> we saw more of him than we saw of her, I think. Yeah, I'm just saying it's not... That's not that common, you know, and they're punished for it anyway. (laughs) Well, we see all of Marty. That is true. (laughs) That is true. We do see all Mm -hmm. of Marty. A lot, a lot of uh, male nudity in this film. So if Mm -hmm. if that was, if that's a selling point for someone, you know, evening it out, we not very common in horror films. All right, Dan, now you're making me feel guilty about ruining the movie. So (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say that to make you feel guilty. So, I mean, we could talk about the ending then, unless there's, you know, something really, really clawing at you. No, I think we have to, we have to talk about the ending because the ending, in, for a lot of ways, at least at least for me, made the movie way better. I think that, like my first time through, I think just so much of it not making sense just put a bad taste in my mouth to the point where the ending just couldn't redeem it. But this time, I was like, okay, this ending makes everything else work for me. So uh, what is happening here? Maybe you could explain it better to me because I, w- I was a little confused. Remember me? Yes. Right. So um, after everybody is dead, Marty sort of like reveals himself. And then all of those dead characters sort of return to life as like zombies and, and come <laughs> and, and come after him. And I'm like, I'm like watching this. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And then it's all a dream. This this whole movie has played out in his mind as he has laid up in the hospital uh, having like the skin grafts on his face and, and and all of that. So I think like the whole time he's been in the hospital recovering from the uh, the nitric acid, this is what's been happening, which would explain why there's a bed, why there's a bathtub in a high school. You know, like so much of this movie is so weird and, and like doesn't make any kind of sense whatsoever. But in a dream, you know, you, there are no rules. So that's why I think it, so much of this movie works because of that reveal. So is he, is that his high school self or is that his self in 10 years when we see that it's a dream? 
I think that is him, you know, imagining in 10 years, this is what I'm going to do. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's interesting. The zombie part was starting to really confuse me when that started happening. So I'm with you. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, it was all a dream. But like, aren't we taught that movies that where it's all a dream are bad movies? Like, isn't that what we're supposed to say? I mean, I'm not saying I agree, but... Well, I, I mean, I can't, I can't speak for anybody else, but I'm not going to say this is a good movie. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> like, this, this is a, a, a lot of fun, and I love it, but I couldn't in good conscience say that it is a good movie. Austin, what did you think of the ending? Well, obviously, I think this is a good movie, first of all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> definitely, uh, yeah, no qualms saying that this is a, a great film. I generally don't really don't like that it's all a dream or or anything with like kills that ended up not happening i think is is lame um and just uh what's the word i'm looking for not like lazy but just like when things are explained away that much like i i just wonder if filmmakers know that like movies aren't real already (laughs) you know like that's what i think is just like why is it a dream like this is already fiction you don't have to (laughs) like go that other step to explain it but in this instance the reason i liked it i mean one is it does justify some of the weirder surreal stuff like the bathtub in a high school but also my interpretation was that after he has this fantasy he gets up and then he escapes the hospital and in my mind he's going to go on to plan this event and actually kill these people in 10 years maybe not exactly as it goes but i i feel like it's not just a a fantasy but like a prophecy because he does you know he does escape at the end oh yeah that that's definitely for sure i think because we have when you realize it's a dream there's a moment for him as a character to decide not to do that mm-hmm. and we, we can we can still uh root for him and i think that split second decision to escape and and like jab a, a syringe into that nurse's eye <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and rip the skin off of his face like he's making a conscious <laughs> decision to do bad and so, like, if we were rooting for him up to this point, maybe maybe now is where we think, oh, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, that that I don't like eye stuff. That eye thing was. Ooh. Oh, that that gave me um, flashbacks to uh, Dead and Buried. Uh, it was terrible. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm a big Fulci fan, so I'm. Oh, I'm, yeah. Then, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to eye stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I'll pass on the eye stuff. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, any other thoughts on the film or should we get to our awards? Just that it's that it's a good movie. I just want to stress <laughs> that this movie is good. <laughs> well, you'll get to grade it, Austin. Don't that, worry. I, you know, I mean, that that's my uh, my way of looking at films. Yes. As the, the cats and brats man, we are... <laughs> You're well aware. Right. So uh, first question we ask every week is, who was this movie made for? Who do you think the intended audience of this film was when they made it? Uh, just slasher fans, horror fans. Yeah, I don't think there was like another subgenre they were trying to get into with this movie. So uh, <laughs> I, I agree with that. I'm going to say me in 2021. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> they they knew in, in in 2021 I was going to be at the right time. It would be the right time for me to enjoy this movie. Uh, and so 
I'm going to say that. But yeah, I mean, this was this was um, this was well after the slasher boom. So sla- the slasher genre was well established, and you know, so this would have been like a nice, cheap money maker to cash in on that audience for sure. All right, mm-hmm. most likely to succeed. Which character won the movie? <laughs> well, Marty. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't think there's an argument anyone else yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I didn't want to bring up this moment because I was thinking like it would, it would spoil it, but. I'll just say more evasively that Marty Ranson Fox. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm glad you say that. Yeah. <laughs> Marty Ranson. Mm-hmm. I read Marty Ranson sucks. No, Marty Ranson Fox. <laughs> that was <laughs> awesome. That was like my first LOL moment of the movie. <laughs> okay, so Wooderson Award. Is there a character in the film that you would have liked to have seen more of? Again, like, they're mostly the same character. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I would say that maybe it would have been nice to differentiate them a bit more, but I don't know that we need more of that kind of thing in this movie. You know, we just kind of, I just, for me, I just want to get right to the, the big fun set pieces and to, to explain who Ted is or Stella would just sort of waste time. Yeah. I like the coach. I was just going to say, what'd you guys think of the coach? Coach liked, was good. Yeah. I liked him a lot, but I don't, I don't think the movie would benefit from more of him. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. You know, the pacing was right where it was, right where it should be, but I did enjoy his performance a lot. Long Duck Dong Award. Now, this might be the same kind of thing, but is there a character who's, whose omission would make the film better? No. Mm. Um, I mean, it might be nitpicky. I'm just trying to give you some answers here more than just like, <laughs> no. But uh, I felt like Carol's backstory, in, you know, involving her like career, she's like in adult <laughs> films now. Like that whole scene she has with, I, I guess that. it's her, her agent or her producer, whoever that guy is. You could take that whole sequence out of the movie and it wouldn't change the movie all that much. So I feel like, I mean, I don't find it to be um, a detriment necessarily, but if you could cut a few minutes, that's where I would cut it. I'm glad you brought that up, Dan. I think it's so hilarious that if this is all this guy's dream, that his dreams, like the characters have backstories like that. I know they're real life people, (laughs) but the fact that like part of his dream was one of his classmates now is, uh, you know, reluctantly into adult films and she has like an a like a skeevy agent like i love that yeah well, <laughs> she's the only character who gets any sort of backstory we we catch up with everybody else at the reunion so it's it seemed like kind of a weird thing to do overall <laughs> yeah i i agree with that i yeah didn't mind the scene of course but yeah, again, it's, you know, if I'm going to cut a couple minutes, that's where it's going to be. If you need but... to cut a couple minutes, absolutely. Yeah. Like, that's something that if you got the, you know, Ultra 4K DVD edition of this, and you're like, oh, or, you know, whatever, Blu-ray, and you're like, oh, what were the deleted scenes? And you saw that, you'd be like, okay, I got why that was deleted. You know? Well, I'll, I'll mm-hmm. have you know, Brian, that this was put out as a Vestron Blu-ray release, and... Um... <laughs> I don't think they did that. Oh. <laughs> Cameron Fry Award. Did anyone look too old to be a high schooler? This is really hard to say because they're only in high school for 10 minutes and they're supposed to play older people later. So I might need to disqualify the question. 
Yeah, it it definitely gets a pass because they're also playing themselves 10 years mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. But I will say the the like opening scene where Carolyn Monroe is like leading him to the bathroom and we know it's like part of a prank and I was like is she his teacher? <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Like, she is even his teacher pranking him. <laughs> <laughs> I think she was like 36 years old playing an 18 year old college or high school student. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess they could have like younged her up somehow. I don't know. They didn't, but yeah. So just that one instance, you know, it didn't take me out of it, but it, I just like noticed, you know, I questioned it, but in general, I think it gets a pass. I think it's better than if they tried to cast different actors or something. Yeah, I agree with that. Same. All right. It's that time. It's that time we got to hand out grades. Going to give you a chance with the red pen and the manila card in a bit. But first, we got to use our cheat sheet. We got to see what other people have said about this film. I was really surprised by this. Zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes by the critics, which is yep. ridiculous. Come on. Out of out of how many? <laughs> Zero out of how, oh, how many critics? Let me see. It can't be a lot, right? Yeah, because I... I wouldn't think that would have more. That it probably only has like three reviews or something. I mean, even if it's one, it's ridiculous, and that critic is wrong. You're right, <laughs> you're right Austin. There are only five reviews, so all okay. five critics did not like it. So that's a good qualifier. Uh, audience score is 34%, 2,500 reviews there. Um, Letterboxd, The Film oh. Nerds, 2.8 out of 5. That is surprising. We don't care about any of that. We really, really don't. We grade on the A plus to F scale here on High School Slumber Party. So, uh, Dan Cologne, you first. A plus to F, what will you grade, Slaughter High? Oh, man. Um, yeah, it's it's tough because I feel two ways about it. I think, uh, personally, I really, I really have a lot of fun with it. So, I think I should base my score on that. I'm going to give this a solid... B. Nice, nice. I'll give it a solid B. How about you, Austin? Uh I'm only going A because only because I didn't remember it. Like I I mean, I don't know. It's hard to grade like right now. Cause like it's an it's an A plus movie. But I just I wonder like why why didn't it stick with me after the first time I saw it? So I just, I, I'm having some doubts there. So I'm kind of like preliminarily marking down a little bit in case I forget it again. But I don't, I mean, I, I don't think I will. A plus. Nice. The A plus. <laughs> Slaughter High needs it. They need to lift the tide for this film because it's definitely not a zero movie. I don't know. Or even a, a 2.8 on Letterboxd. I mean, I've always heard good things about this movie, like horror fans in general like the films that's surprising that it's under three it is interesting i thought it would be higher because it was super fun Mm -hmm. dan i give it a b as well because i really really enjoyed this film Uh, maybe i'm too much of a coward maybe i need to be more like you austin but (laughs) (laughs) i I don't know like it was a blast watching i would watch this again and recommend it i didn't think i would enjoy this film like this does it have quote-unquote issues as a film sure as just pure fun entertainment, I d- 
did not take I guess I, I was gonna say did not take my eyes off of it once, but I guess I did for that one scene you were talking about where where <laughs> the girl well, comes in. So briefly I took my eyes off of it, but that's it. Well I think when 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 coming up with my grade, I had to I couldn't compare it to like, you know, Schindler's list. You know, it's <laughs> it's not that's you can't have that conversation. But I was trying to to put it next to other films from this genre or, you know, close enough and, and just think, okay, how does this compare to those? Do I like it more than those? And like, there are just a bunch of others that I like more and I think are just overall better, but I can't deny that this was a lot of fun. So like, that's why I give it a B um, and not a higher grade because it definitely knows what it is and it has a lot of fun being itself, you know? Uh, so I, I give it a lot of credit for that. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I I guess that was sort of also where I was leaning with only an A, because um, it's, it's not the best slasher I've ever seen, but fucking, they're all A pluses. <laughs> if it's if it's this fun, you know, everyone wins. <laughs> all right, uh, sleeping bag. If the three of us are at a slaughter high slumber party. What do our custom sleeping bags look like? Austin, why don't you go first on this one? I have two ideas, but I, I think they can be combined. So one is just the photoco- the giant life-size photocopy of Marty. <laughs> but I also like the idea of having the words or like having, you know, the handwriting or the, the graffiti that says Marty Ranson fucks. <laughs> um, <laughs> Damn, that's a good I, one. I think... You know, I think they can be combined in a way that would work. I like that. <laughs> yeah, it just I don't I don't have the design in my head of where exactly the graffiti goes, but I you know somewhere. How about you, Dan? Um, I I, I realized that as I was thinking of my sleeping bag that I had a similar idea, at least in concept, uh, the last time I was on this show. So just bear with me here. I really like the idea of like a mummy bag. You know, something that will come up and over your head and just leave like that hole mm-hmm. for your face. Uh, and I think I would want like a big jester hat on the outside of the, the head portion, you know, sort of, some, sort of something inspired by Marty's killer look. Because I really, really like the way he looks in this movie. Just like like compared to other major slashers, you know, just to take the big ones, uh, Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers, I think the the uh, the varsity jacket and the the old face mask and the jester hat is such a g- amazing look mm-hmm. that I would definitely want a, ba- a sleeping bag sort of channeling that energy. Yeah, actually, uh, thanks for bringing that up, Dan. I was going to ask uh, what you guys thought of like the killer look there, and um, the, you know, the jester thing was cool, but as a high school slumber party host, I loved. The varsity jacket. You rarely get to see killers in varsity jackets like that. So bravo on them. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely love the look. I wanted to see, I'll get to my sleeping bag in a second, but I wanted to see uh, with this cast, um, I realized Skips, like the actor's name is Carmine Iacone. I'm like, that's a super Italian name. I'm pretty sure that guy wasn't British, right? I, I don't know if he was or wasn't, but he's currently a professor now. I found his, his uh, page at... Uh, He's a professor at Claremont Graduate University. So if anyone goes to Claremont Graduate University out there. I am a, I'm about to write him a letter right now. <laughs> <laughs> he has his own website. 
Uh, oh, he's not even. I thought he was a professor of drama because it's definitely him because it looks like him, but like older and more distinguished. And it says mm. that like he started his career in drama, but he's like a geology professor, which is even more awesome. <laughs> so yeah, if you if you want to write him, uh, go to art department at gcu.edu. There it is. Oh, I guess he's not. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> what what does my sleeping bag look like? Oh, this one's tough. I want something reunion wise, like that crappy little room that he sets up with like the alcohol and and refreshments. I want it to look like that, like a half assed job of a reunion. So it's just gonna be like <laughs> like I don't know, like a half assed reunion banner. Maybe maybe some of the zippers don't work. I- I'm not sure. And I'm gonna be sleeping under a lawnmower. That that's I know where <laughs> I'm sleeping at least. <laughs> so Dan, I just wanna uh warn you and austin you don't have to do it but austin has a tradition of doing a lot of requests for the blockbuster question here so Mm -hmm. you'll get your own segment so we'll start with with you dan but of course the question every week is we know we're having our slumber party we go to this magical blockbuster defies space time logic whatever you want to defy it defies we know we're renting slaughter high for our slumber party but we get to the counter we see a sign that says rent two movies get one free and i say guys go to the back Pick two other movies that we'll watch with Slaughter High. So, Dan, pick two other movies that you would want to watch on the Slumber Party with Slaughter High. I think I want to stick with a sort of revenge theme here. Uh, And my picks are probably going to be a little obvious, but um, just off the top of my head, let's do uh, The Last House on the Left and I Spit on Your Grave. I Spit on Your Grave. I don't know that one. (laughs) Uh, those are much, much nastier films than this one. <laughs> Ooh, that's, I lo- that's true. I, I love it. But <laughs> wow. I, mean, I feel like if you were to watch the three of them together, you could do uh, maybe Last House. Like you could bookend this one with either the others. You know what I mean? Like have this one be the intermission and the sort of the pick me up in between and then finish with something strong. Yeah. I mean, Slaughter High is like a pick me up after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Austin. Again, I, get, yeah, that's great. You get carte blanche, Austin, to say as many as you want. So, uh, any curated lists are going to come from uh, your trifecta here with Slaughter High. Uh, yeah, I didn't have as much time to overthink this and come up with a million. Uh, so, I only have I only have two sets. So, one, I mean, this is very obvious, but the movie April Fool's Day um, with Deborah Foreman. Ooh, uh, just you know, and it, yeah, that's a movie that you know the first time you watch it, the ending really takes some getting used to. But I I like it a lot now, um, and her performance is is fantastic. Um, and then there's another movie. There's a movie called April Fools from mid two thousands, I think, and I haven't seen it, but it's apparently like an all black cast remake of slaughter high oh really but i think it's like different enough that you could watch them together um but i'm curious about that movie and since this video store has everything definitely yeah so i haven't seen it and then oh so the other one would be a jester triple feature <laughs> this was also hard because there there aren't that many horror <laughs> jesters <laughs> 
you could rent like the court jester with Danny Kay or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like that's, that's not my choice. Um, So there's a movie called funny man. It's also British, I believe. And it, it's just a jester killer. And I couldn't come up with like a perfect third one, but one that like, sort of has the right look is terrifier and the killer is art the clown and if you see the right poster like he's wearing a little hat and he's it's not a he's a clown not a jester i don't whatever the difference is but he you know he has a kind of jestery look he has very like distinct facial features and i can just see the three posters together if he used the like jester poster for slaughter high and I think they would look good together. Oh, yeah, so, for sure. I'm looking at it now. I don't know if they'll play well together, but the <laughs> posters look good together. And that's what is important. Poster triple feature. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, Brian, Brian, I actually thought of a third one uh, just to throw in there as an alternate, because I, I realized um, as I was as Austin was was going through his that I often think of John Carpenter's Christine, which you've covered on the show uh, as a sort of rape revenge horror film from the car's Mm. point of view. Mm. And it's also set in high school. So uh, I feel like that would also work really well with Slaughter High. Dan, since Austin provided two lists, why don't you throw something else with Christine? Oh man, that was the only wild card I had. Um (laughs) If you want to collaborate, I I have one Go for it. that I think would work that I didn't really know what else to pair with it. I mean, Car- Carrie is an obvious pick, but I would love to hear what you're thinking. Well, I was thinking House on Sorority Row. That works. Yep. And I think that with Christine, those three would be good together. Yep. Awesome. Love it. Love getting these because, again, I'll say for the 10 million time, I'm not a horror guy. So when I find out these... Horror films that I've never heard of, I get really excited. Just reading (laughs) reading the Wikipedias make me excited. (laughs) Well, this was really, really awesome, guys. Appreciate you answering some tough reunion questions at the beginning, some tough movie recommendation questions at the end, and sandwiching a very, very fun movie in the middle. So really appreciate that. First, uh, Dan, why don't you tell everyone what you're up to and the recent birthday of monsters that made us and all the success you guys have been having there yeah so i do my own show on the cage club podcast network called the monsters that made us i do that with uh, frequent high school slumber party guest mike manzi he and i have been working our way through the classic universal studio monster films uh, we started last october with the uh, silent lon cheney phantom of the opera and we've been doing one a month Okay, so uh, at the end of October 2021, we will be releasing our Wolfman episode. And if you're a fan of the Universal Monsters, uh, you will know that this is the 80th anniversary of the Wolfman. So, like, we're really getting excited to, to drop that episode. So that will drop at the end of the month. It's the last Friday of every month, so October 29th that episode should be available. But um, yeah, so we're having a a great time with that over there. We get into the backstory of what was going on with the studios, the Wolfman episode. We're going to do a whole section on just on Lon Chaney uh, Jr. And then we get into the movie itself and we have, you know, just a full conversation about that. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. And uh, if you like old monsters, please give us a listen. Yeah. 
uh, it's been a year, right? Yeah, we uh, so we announced the show October 1st, uh, 2020. So we have officially turned one year old. And uh, we will be 13 episodes in this month. We have, I think, 32 episodes planned total. Um, so we're about a third of the way there. You know, I feel like it's always Halloween season on the Monsters That Made Us. So, Oh, always. And, and you know what? It just happened to work out that our, like, October episode this year would be an 80th anniversary celebration. So, yeah, I love the, the, the serendipity there. It was perfect. Austin, up to anything interesting lately? Uh, or... How about telling everyone about your cats and brats and all that jazz? Yeah, I have a a video review show called The Truth About Cats and Brats. And so the truth about the movie Cats and the movie Brats are that they are good movies. And most people are afraid to tell you that. <laughs> but it it's true. They're great. So I review mostly horror and a lot of trash. And I tend to like movies that you that, you know, People probably won't like, but I just talk about why I like them. Um, and it's on Patreon, so it is $2 a month for the you know, the first level or whatever to get the episodes. And then I do some other stuff for more money, but I don't, you know, you just need the $2 one. Good sales pitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but the episodes are like four to six minutes long. I try to keep them short and brief, and I cut myself off a lot because uh, I I only want interesting comments to <laughs> to be in the video. And yes, oh, uh, patreon.com slash Wolf Southern, which is my last name. But you can also search Cats and Brats, Brats with a Z, of course on patreon and you'll find it so next time both of you are technically signed on to other films in the reunion lap so i'll hear from you soon and if not uh, have a happy halloween big thank you to dan cologne and austin wolf southern of course i think we were a great trifecta the two of them make some great horror guests that's for sure we got to get them back on high school slumber party together for another movie can't wait to have either of them back both of them back technically for our other class reunion episodes, different ones, but together perhaps or something else? I don't know where I'm going. I just like the both those guys, so they're always welcome back here on High School Slumber Party. But of course, now's the time that I have to assign you some homework for our next episode, which is next Friday. It's another spooky Halloween film. It is a film about teenage witches. No, it is not Teen Witch. Top that. <laughs> it is, of course, light as a feather, stiff as a board, the craft. To the other kids at St. Bernard Academy, they were the girls who didn't belong. Whatever you do, stay away from them. Why? They're witches. But after years of being on the outside... Why'd you lie about me? I don't want to go out with you again. Please, stop begging. It's pathetic. Four girls are about to discover the dark side. You ever heard of invoking the spirit? Black magic. We can make things happen. I mean, this is it. This is real. Columbia Pictures welcomes you. 
to the witching hour. So that's your homework to watch The Craft. Our guests will be Islan Addington, my co-host on High School Lumber Party AP, though this will not be an AP episode, clear distinction, and Jenny O'Connell, two good, good, good High School Slumber Party guests together. Hopefully we'll get some trifecta magic like we did today. Maybe we should add a fourth, a fourth in our coven so that we could do the north, south, east, and west thing. Oh, man, I can't wait to talk the craft. This is a classic, classic, iconic high school-centric film. One more thing I want to let you know about. Well, two more things, actually. I recorded an episode of Too Fast, Too Forever, so that'll be out. Of course, that is the Fast and Furious podcast, and you can find that wherever you get your podcasts or at cageclub.me, at cageclub.me. Joey Lewandowski, Joe Two are the hosts, and I talked about Fast 9, so definitely check that episode out when it comes out. I believe it is next week. And the other thing, of course, is to remember that life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop to look around once in a while, you could miss it. I'm going to leave you with that song from Slaughter High. One, because it's the only song I could find on the internet, and two, because it's awesome. Later, dudes.